This week, we're kicking off a new series. Come on. We haven't had a series in a while, and it's the first season ever, a first series ever in our basement. It's the first Corona series in the history of mankind for One Seed Church. It's good. It's so good. Oh, man, it's so good to be halfway through May. We're looking towards June. The sun is coming out soon. It's raining today, but don't worry. The sun is on its way because the sun has set us free. The S-O-N has set us free. And when we know who has set us free, the S-U-N will shine no matter what the weather forecast is. If you're all standing with me in your living rooms right now, even after the video clip, you may be seated in Jesus' name. It's so good to see each and every one of you right now through the lens of this camera. Yeah, I'm going to see you in my spirit because I can't physically see you. I can see you here. We're thankful for all of you who have been faithful to One Seat Church and continue to give. We thank you for your faithfulness to God's house. What an impact you're making to God's house. Thank you for continuing to share the live experiences with those that may not be getting a word this morning otherwise, but because you're sharing the live experience, the watch parties, all those things, you're reaching somebody you don't even know about, but God does. Thank you for your continued check-ins. You're reaching somebody that you don't even know about, but God does. One seed becoming many, becoming millions. But this is a new day a new series called Walk This Way. And it's especially hard because a lot of my stuffed animals didn't show up today except one cat, and I'm allergic, and my daughter's over here. Uh, Let's keep her in your prayers. My daughter Chloe fell, and we think she might have fractured her wrist. She's going for an x-ray later today. But if you could keep your prayers over Chloe, that it's just a sprain. We'd appreciate it. And... um, If I had more space, this would be more fitting because, you know, I like to move and I I can't really move. But but in the big thing with being a Christian is your walk with God. And we we know these terms because we've been in church long enough that they sound good. There's good buzzwords like so good. Amen. Hallelujah. So good. My walk with God, God's timing, his purpose on my life. Like we get really full of the jargon. Right. But how do we really walk with God. How do we really walk this way? Just think of that. Every time you forget what the message is about, just think, walk this way. This is four weeks. We're going to have four weeks of how our walk should look. Four looks at our walk and to make sure that we are walking this way way according to the bible like like is it how do i walk with god like is it literal like how do i walk is it like george did anybody else know george in high school all you guys who weren't quite in the cool club like me you know george you know the guy that would be walking down the hall with his arms two feet out because his you know evidently he was so buff he couldn't put his arms down they just 
they just go back up like, you know, they just spring up because I think he just had like lats for days and he couldn't, he couldn't put his arms down. And if you walk past George in the, in the hall, he'd bump you, you know, because George needed his room because he had to walk this way because like, is that how, is that like, or maybe, maybe, maybe it's like, like the Conor McGregor, you know, the, the Conor McGregor walk, like the gorilla walk. Is that, is that like how we walk with God? Is that what my walk should look like or maybe it's just like a you know it's like a, a rhythmic strut you know it's like yeah like that kind of walk is that what my walk with God should look like maybe maybe it's maybe it is maybe you can add that to your arsenal but maybe maybe we're talking about something figurative here like how our life portrays the God we serve it's not so much the physical walk we do but the spiritual strut we give to God and demonstrate with the lives we live how do we walk this way excuse me there's spit on my microphone that's never happened Anyway, I just say it like it is. And I pray that you appreciate that because you don't want someone patting you on the back when sometimes you need the word. The word corrects us. The word gets us together when we need correction. And the first way we're going to talk about this walk, walking this way today is on unity. How does God have us walk in unity? You see, God reaches the world through his creation. He uses us to reach the world. He didn't go reach everybody without men. How do you think we got the Bible? He used people. He uses men and women together, unified by a cause. You know, anything you set out to do with people, there is a cause at stake, whether it's for God or not, whether it's for, for heavenly gain or worldly gain, there is a cause, whether it be a business endeavor, a sports team, a school, a club, anything, at the root of it, there is a unified cause. And without the cause, there is no mission because it has to be unified and clear. And when the cause is not clear, our focus is scattered and we lose our ability to move as one. We were meant to move as one. God wants us to be one, unified by the cause in case of the gospel. The gospel is the glue that holds God's people together. The building isn't the glue. The weather outside isn't the glue. The, uh, the kids program is not the glue. The awesome sound and worship is not the glue. The different camera angles and awesome production online they have is not the glue. The online experience is not the glue like we want to make it. We think we're, we're keeping God's house connected, but God's house really stays connected by the cause. The cause of why we're meeting. It's the cause that keeps us unified together, and that's the gospel. The gospel is the glue that holds God's people together. If you flip open your Bibles or swipe open or upswipe, whatever you do to get to God's word, go for it. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. This is an epistle or letter to the Ephesian church from Paul. He says, verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Now let's just pause right there. You realize 
To be a servant for Christ is to consider yourself captive to his dominion. Doesn't mean you have to be a slave in a negative way. It means you are a servant. You are a servant of the Lord. And listen how he greets with his himself in perspective here. The I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Not only was he always on house arrest for every, every time he blinked, he was getting thrown into house arrest for something, but he looked at his life as serving the Lord. I'm a prisoner of the Lord, and that's a good thing, he said. He says, I beseech you or request that you walk worthy of the calling which you were called. I request that you walk worthy of it. He's saying, I can't make you walk worthy. I'm here to catalyst God's word into your hearts and remind you of the calling on your life. But I can't make you walk this way. You got to want to walk it for yourself. And I beseech you, my brethren, to walk worthy of the calling that you were called. You were called. Verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, that's like being humble, meek, gentle, long-suffering, that's patient, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity, everybody say unity, of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Unity in the bond in the, of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Everybody say one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. There is one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. God is one. You can't be unified unless you are one. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. He's talking to the church here. They're saved. He's talking to the body who is redeemed by the blood and filled with the Spirit of God to become one unified creation in Christ. So he's telling them and reminding them what they should already know. But sometimes they still do things that are contradictory. So he's trying to remind them of what the Bible says, what God says. My subject this morning on this week one of four weeks in walking this way is walking in unity. Walking in unity. The power of God moves through many as one to magnify the one. Let's get that again. The power of God works through many as one to magnify capital the, capital one, Jesus. That is the mission. That is a unified church for God. And the first thing that hurts unity and I hope this enlightens you today because you may have never thought about it like this. So I pray that God put this on my heart in a way that you may see this different. It may change your actions to see that your contribution matters maybe more than you think. See, the first thing we do, which creates this division, this disunified thing, is we say we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Anybody remember Wayne's World? If you remember Wayne's World, just throw an emoji. Throw me a, a Wayne or Garth animated GIF in the, uh, is it GIF or GIF? When I was a kid and we were stealing stuff off the internet, you know, because that's what good teenagers did, we called them GIFs. But evidently now the, the millennials call them GIFs. I don't know. Either way, 
can you say steal? Can a pastor say steal? Is that weird? Anyway, it was pre-anointing. It was when I was still damaged and broke. I won't go there. I'm still damaged and I'm still broke. But I do it in the name of the Lord. You know, Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party time, excellent. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not. Hey, Wayne. Hey, Garth, you see that Strat? Remember the white Fender Stratocaster? It will be mine. It will be mine. We're not worthy. See, see, uh, Wayne often found things. One time there was a girl, she will be mine. <laughs> One time there was a guitar, and he's like, it will be mine. And evidently he could just play, but he, didn't, he couldn't afford the Fender Strat. And so, you know, he never felt worthy of the thing he desired. Garth was an amazing drummer, by the way. Garth, if you're, if you're ever interested in playing in church, send us an email at info at onesechurch.org. Thank you, Dana Carvey, for being hilarious. But it's funny. It's funny there, but you know, you know that's what you do. You know that's what we do. We say we're not worthy. We're not worthy to get closer to God. So we'll stay on the sheep fence line. You've heard me talk about getting in the flock versus standing at the fence. We're not worthy. So we won't go but this close to God. We may go in God's house. We may say hi, we may shake hands, touch elbows, whatever time of corona season it is. We may do those things, but in our hearts, we are still saying, but I'm not worthy to do more. I'm not worthy to do more. We don't feel worthy, so we step away from the calling over your life. Yes, you were called to God's ministry. Everybody on this earth was called to God's ministry. It just may not look like preacher man. It may not look like playing the piano, but we are on this earth because we are called to exalt, magnify God as one. We're not to walk worthy of the calling. We, we are to walk worthy of the calling, excuse me, not worthy of our own selves. Let me put it this way. Uh, does anybody remember maybe in the late 90s. This is a thing. I never saw it happen, but all my friends told me it was real. They say if you went swimming in a public pool and the water turned red, that meant, can we say peed on here? That meant some kid peed in the pool. Can we say peed on the pulpit? Can we peed? I know, it's a change of channel. He said peed. Oh, God, I can't go back to that place. You see, it says if someone pees in the pool, the water's going to turn red. And some of y'all, I never actually saw it happen, but some of y'all are so afraid to jump in the water, you're afraid you're going to contaminate the water. But God says jump in. I got chlorine. You know? Quit being afraid to contaminate the water. The only contamination going on is you not getting in the water. It's contaminating your own garden. God says, get in my pool. Jump all in. Quit sticking the toe in the water and saying it's chilly. If you go fast and you go all in, you won't be cold. You're not going to contaminate the water. God cleansed the water, and he's going to cleanse anything. And he didn't call you according to how clean you were. He's cleaning you in the process. Now, come on, somebody. Quit lying to yourself. None of us are worthy. None of us are worthy to be here. We all got dirt from our past. We all still make mistakes. We all still trip and say things we shouldn't and cast judgment like we shouldn't. And we do things, but we're trying to be better. And as long as we keep trying to move towards the calling that Christ has on our life, God will continue to sanctify us and make us better and remember his mission.
It's that easy. You have to keep walking. You have to walk this way. You have to walk unified. And when you won't partake, you are actually divided. The Bible says a house divided against itself can't stand or a house built on quicksand can't stand. And if it wasn't for all the people that make the thing turn, God wouldn't move the same way. You remember when Jesus was in Nazareth, he couldn't do many miracles because of their lack of faith. It wasn't because he couldn't do miracles. It's because they didn't have enough faith to take action so God could produce in that region. It's the same. You want to see your church explode with growth? Jump in the pool. Don't worry about the water turning red. Come on now. You're not worthy. I'm not worthy. None of us will ever be Worthy, but we have God's grace to move forward anyway towards a unified body. I mean, think about it. What if God put something in you that no one else ever will have? What if God put something in you to leave a mark on this world that no one else will ever be able to? To leave, And if you don't use the gift that God put in you to leave this mark that he gave to you, insert name here, yes, you, that the mark never got left and it was wasted. You still got time. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how healthy you are. I don't care how mobile you are. I don't care how depressed you are. You got time to change if you want it. God can change you if you want it. You got to say, I want it, God. He's got a gift in the hardest of soils, buried down dormant, waiting to root up in your life. Yes, you. You're not the only one. We all feel that way. We all feel that way, but the difference is those who say, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go forward anyway because the power of God moves through many as one, magnifying the one. I'm going to magnify God whether I feel it or not. I'm going to magnify God whether I'm worthy or not. I'm going to magnify God where I know the Bible or I don't. I'm going to magnify God where I mess up or I don't. I'm going to keep trying to do more until God corrects my steps and he will make me better in this unifies the body because everybody is pursuing the mission when only 10 percent, we talked about the 80 20 when only 20 percent are pursuing the mission to the full potential think what could happen if everybody pursued the mission this way oh dear god we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves we thought bad things happen when corona hits just you can't even fathom what kind of good things will happen if everybody unified together and went after the goal of the mission of the gospel together wholeheartedly a hundred percent and that my friends is walking in unity and that's exciting, and you can shout for that. That's what gets me up in the morning because I know there's always a tomorrow, and we're going after it, and we can't wait to see each and every day what God does in his house. So you don't have to keep letting unworthiness stop your walk. That does create divisions in God's house and your life. It's just not as apparent as intentional division. 
is intention, un, unintentional. It's, it's implicit. It's not totally direct right off the bat, but it does create gaps. You don't have to qualify your calling. Instead, you walk according to he who called. Another thing that breaks unity in the church, because remember, he's talking to the Ephesians here. We are the church. Is we let division creep in to the church through other avenues, not only through our, you know, maybe our misunderstanding of not fully engaging. This is a more toxic type of division that breaks unity, like differences in beliefs, opinions, values, theology. Division derails. And let me clarify here. I'm not saying anything goes, but you need to know your mission. You need to know what your church believes. You need to know the word of God because that is the glue that binds the people together for the cause. If, if everything's all over the place, it's not unified. It's scattered. It's anarchy in God's house. And that happened in the Bible. The, the, the apostles had to get people together in God's house because they were making anarchy out of his church and they were drifting, derailing, dividing from the truth. It matters. But on the other hand, we can also let really small things, things that are not worth dividing over, create large gaps of separation. And we'll, we'll justify it all day. <laughs> We'll justify why we ran to the next church or ran away, but our reasons aren't justified to Jesus. How many have been to like, and by the way, we're going to have this someday. You've been to like the really big churches and they got like the awesome coffee bars and they got, you ever, you ever been like, they got the coffee bars and they got like the Starbucks knockoffs. Maybe they got the Starbucks. Maybe they got the, they got the, they got the church bucks. They got the church version, but they got all the same flavors. And they've got, they've got the mocha, they've got the, the latte, they've got, they've got the extra hot mochas, they've got the white chocolate mocha. Oh, they've got white chocolate mocha here. I didn't know Jesus was like this. Okay, cool, cool. I like this church. I'm coming to God's house. And man, I love my white chocolate mocha. But wouldn't it be a shame if one day they run out of white chocolate and you start becoming bitter in God's house because they ran out of your favorite coffee. Now, come on, somebody. Doesn't that seem a little small to go find another church? That could happen because people get motivated to come to church for the wrong things. And when that becomes your reason to be there for some coffee, I'm not saying it happened, but it probably happened somewhere. And maybe it'll happen in our church someday. And I can't wait to try it out because we will have white chocolate mochas in our church, just so you know, because that is what the apostles drank at the last supper was white chocolate fully frothed um, full fat milk at the it's in the bible it's not in the bible it's a joke it's a joke all right just just pray for me listen listen we are going to have these things but all these things if they take the focus of the priority of why you're there to unify to begin with when those things are taken away you will fall apart when you only go to church to serve when you take away serving Maybe you're, they, they, they gave that spot to somebody else. I'm going somewhere else. You know, when you only go for something that is secondary to why you should be there, remember, we gather not because it's cool first. 
not because it's online first, not because everybody's doing it first. It's because of the cause first. We gather for the unified cause first. So that keeps our foundation stable. That keeps our foundation from having quicksand. So then when, when, when the times are good and the money's flowing and we can do this and that and all the good things, that's cool too. But if you took everything away and I just got some worship on a box guitar and I just got a preacher with no microphone and he's in some overalls or whatever he's got that day, it's still enough because God's word is first and the gospel is the glue that keeps God's people together. Nothing else will ever stand as a permanent glue to hold God's people together. So all that to say, don't justify why you should go to the next church because you're bored. Don't justify it because you just got bored. You know what? For all you bored people, I'm not talking about ours. Our people are awesome. They're never bored. But there's people that get bored and they church hop. And instead of being bored, why don't you go help the church? We're called to be the church. We're not called to entertain you. We're called to be the body of Christ. So if you get bored, God's saying you needed to step up your game. Maybe that's what God's trying to say. Because guess what? If you get bored here, you're going to get bored there. Everything that's new becomes old later. The new car smell will wear off. So when you feel that flattening of your excitement, when you don't feel that smittenness no more, instead of dividing from your body of Christ that God called you to be with, God's calling you to do more. You are called to fill that thing. You don't like they ran out of the mocha? God called you to start getting it every week from Starbucks. For all the new guests, that's what God said maybe to do. Maybe that's how you get your free cup because you're getting it for all the other people. See, as you give more of yourself, God blesses you more and you leave feeling good. You don't go home feeling bitter and talking about all the problems of the church. You go home feeling good, gratified, unified by the mission and the cause. Blood, sweat, and tears. I am unified by the mission and that keeps me lifted in my spirit body of the power of God moves through many as one unified to magnify the one Jesus Christ that's the mission sometimes we divide for other reasons politics you know we're 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 a happy family in the church but then something political services on Facebook and man we become divided in me we become divided in me do you think God wants you to divide because of a news broadcast or a thing? Never were you called to separate as people, but you have to find a common ground. And the only ground that will stick is the glue of the gospel. That's the only ground that will keep you connected because there's always going to be some things you disagree with in your pastor, your church, Maybe in God's word, you have different perspectives of God's word and what, what, what the truth is. You'll never find a perfect, perfect harmony. So you have to remember the deeper mission and what is the glue keeping me connected? And that's the gospel. And that is the truth that's unwavering and unchanged. When we get stirred up in those situations and we forget that we're Christians first, you know you're supposed to be a Christian first. Everything is my first fruits of the, to the Lord. Everything's first. And my emotions can, can become first. And that, that counter acts my Christianity because when my emotions uh, start driving the direction, I start forgetting the purpose I'm set on to pursue. And now I can look at them like they hate me because my emotions tell me one thing, but the truth is they still love me. Maybe I misunderstood them. 
Maybe it was communicated wrong. On and on. There's all these scenarios that we get worked up and let our emotions take hold. Maybe silent and absent from your people can do more damage than you imagine. Maybe it can do more damage than present and transparent. There's people who come and go and they vanish. And then you find out they're talking about you or them. You know, the Bible says not to gossip. You know, gossip is considered horrible. Horrible. It's like any other adultery fornication. Sodomy. Tailbearers. That means gossip. You know, we weren't meant to gossip. We were meant to be face to face. We're meant to tell you out of love. See, when you see your face, it's because I love you. When it's behind your back, it's because I've got a problem. Like maybe I, I envy you. Maybe I'm jealous. Maybe I'm feeling inadequate. So the way I comfort myself is I talk about you. That's not unity in God's house. That's toxic and that's creating division. So when you're silent in person and boisterous behind people, that's creating division. It's not the Bible. It's not the truth. And it's not how you walk in unity. And we've all done it. So I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm pointing the finger at all of us. And I'm saying that divides God's house. We are to walk together. All different backgrounds, all different baggage, all different ways of life, color, demographic, location, financial income. None of it matters. We are all wanting God's eyes as his children. The last thing I thought of that really creates division in God's house is ulterior motives. We want everybody to come and be touched by the word of God. And as the body of Christ, again, to be unified, the mission has to be the focus. And when somebody comes in and has an ulterior motive, well, I don't want to attend your church, but I'm selling this. God told me to come tell you this, that for $39.99, you can have my thing. Come on, somebody. That's deception. That's the devil's game. And it is funny because it, it does happen. And, and what's so sad is those people will stay divided because they're not going to God's house for the right mission. And granted, sometimes God can change your perspective. You go in for one reason and you leave with the right mission. You come in with the wrong mission and you leave with the right mission. And we pray that that's what happens. But if, that, if you've seen that or you felt that, it's okay. But God's calling you to come for the right reason. Put him first. No agendas with God. No conditions with serving Jesus. This is an unconditional. He says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you. I request you. We are to be one. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one spirit, one hope. We are to walk in unity as one. And these things are corrupting God's house from being unified as one. I, I believe it with all my heart, church. If you listen to this word and just trust me and trust God's word, that when we unify together to 100%, you will see the heavens open in this community and the people you know. Because at the end of the day, when you're not sure how to be unified, you just remember why you were created. The cause 
of your creation. How can we be one if we're not unified together by his spirit? He says it right there. There is one body, one spirit. You are called in one hope of your calling. To become the bride, to become the member, there must be a common denominator in the spirit of the Lord. Is that so? One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all by his spirit. Anybody remember Transformers? Transformers, Chloe? No. 80s baby, I was 79. No, Lonnie, Transformers? Okay, she only knows because of the movies. Okay, that's fair. But prior to Mark Wahlberg and Bumblebee Tuna, there. It was just funny. Um, the Transformers, okay, they're lions, okay, and each lion could fly, and each lion was a different color, but when it was time to unify, what did they do? They, they, uh, Pastor Wayne does it best. He, he does this breakdance. Remember Michelle? Pastor Wayne, he was doing the Transformer thing, and he... They become one, and I can't do it because I'm, you know, I'm too vanilla. And he's got the soul, man. And he just, he was just like breaking it down with the Transformers thing. And he, he brought it together, and they became one. And each part of the master lion was actually all the pieces together. Now, I know if my kids were Transformers, they'd be fighting over who got to be the toe and who got to be the, the, the finger and who got to be the neck and all these things. But sometimes God didn't call you to be a finger. He called you to be a toe because you know you can't stand without feet. And so there's a reason God called you to be the foot and not the hand and not, not, the, not the breastplate of righteousness, not the, not the belt of armor, you know, not the, not the sword of the spirit, you know, not all these things. He called you to be a specific part because together, that is how you're one lion going after the devil. That's your cause of creation. That's why we exist as Christians. When we die to self, we become servants of Christ. Each of us using what God's given us to operate as one. Because remember, the power of God moves through many as one to magnify the one. They say this is the new normal coming, the new normal. Like they keep saying, we're not going back to normal. This is the new normal. Times have changed. Times will continue to change, but God's word is forever unchanged. So it may look different. It may be presented different, but the cause of creation, the cause of your creation has never changed. Our faith is to be one faith, not many. There's one God. There's one plan that God blueprinted. I don't need Google to give me revelation because I've got his word of truth. His word reveals it's the backbone of unification. And in my walk with Christ, the way I am to walk this way, I have to be unified by his word. The one and only truth that God set forth from the beginning. If y'all could stand with me as we close week one walk this way. If y'all are new to church, we're so glad you joined us. But we really believe 
that God is calling you to walk a life that looks different than your neighbor. We really believe that God wants to use you, and we know it. We not only believe it, we've seen it happen. We believe he will use you to show them the way to heaven. We believe he will use you to do great things for your children. That without you, we believe your children may be facing destruction. And God can touch them. And sometimes it skips a generation. We pray it doesn't. We pray God uses you to transfer his light into them. God needs you to go all in. And that's what we call walking with God. It's so cool to see people speak with their lives instead of their mouth. Because I can talk all day, but if our lives don't match what we're preaching, it's in vain. My religion would be in vain. My faith would be in vain. So it's more so important that I demonstrate my heart with the life I live. And that's why we call it walking this way. And everybody's walk has room for improvement. But if you're not used to walking for God and you've only been a student all this time, God's ready to have you go to the next level with your faith and start walking this way. You got to step. You got to walk. Come on, somebody, you step, I step. God says, you step, I step. I want to walk, but I want to walk the right way. I don't want to be walking astray. I don't want to be walking down the path to God's righteousness. And I believe if we start walking together as one, we will see the heavens open and, and things happen in this church, in this world that we've yet to see before, that we've yet to see. It's beyond our comprehension. So God, we come to you right now. We pray that this new series kicks off a new perspective in people's hearts that they say, I'm no longer going to sit around and watch this train go by. I'm going to get up and walk after my destiny that you've put on my life because now I know there's something I've got that no one else does that you've put in me. And I don't want to let the world go by without exalting this gift that you have so graciously given to me, God. So now I'm going to pull this out. Let me have it, Lord. Tell me what you want me to do. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to walk after you. And I'm going to love my brethren. I'm going to be as one with loneliness and gentleness. And I'm going to be patient, long-suffering, bearing with one another. And I'm going to keep the unity by your presence, God, that keeps us glued together. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, amen.